Good morning. Welcome to Sunday Morning with Eleven Action. I am Ken Tuck. Welcome to the first Sunday Morning with Eleven Action in 2024. Hope your New Year's off to a good start. And I'm sure everybody is still on that New Year's diet plan, right? <laughs> Going to the gym, right? Well, we know how resolutions go. But praise God, we are in a new year. 2024, have to get used to saying that and writing it as well. But praise God, he has brought us into another year. Our God is so awesome, and he is so good. And we just need to keep lifting him up on high, keep exalting his name, keep praising him because he is awesome and he is worthy of all praise, honor, and glory, dominion. It's all his. To God be the glory. Back in December, I began a series called The Messiah Throughout the Bible, looking at how the whole Bible just points to the Messiah, because we know that the Bible is a book about God redeeming man through the Messiah, through his son, Jesus Christ. And we spent four weeks looking at that, and we didn't quite finish. I took last week to talk about the new year, coming into the new year and sharing some encouragement sharing some scripture and talking about some things that we saw God do through love and action in 2023. So I want to wrap up that series today. Of course, we started in Genesis and have gone through the Old Testament and had started in the New Testament. We had looked at the Gospels and Acts where we, again, we're, we're seeing where the Messiah is. Uh, sometimes that word Messiah is used. Oftentimes, the, that particular word's not used, but the concept is there. The scripture alludes to the Messiah. It all points to the Messiah. And as we go through the Old Testament, and then we start reading the New Testament, we see how it all comes together. Just so amazing. Through 66 books, God weaves this story together, this theme of the Messiah. Because without the Messiah, as we have mentioned, we have no hope. There is no redemption. But God had a plan from before the foundations of the earth. And we saw him first introduce that plan in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And I encourage you, if you've missed the series or any part of the series, I encourage you to look up the Love and Action podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon, just pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find the Love and Action podcast and I would encourage you to check it out, even subscribe to it, and you can go back and listen to this series. And I think you'll find it just really encouraging and intriguing to see how the Messiah, the theme of the Messiah is throughout the entire Bible. And again, Jesus is the apex of the Bible, and it's just a greatest theme is the Messiah. Because again, without the Messiah, we have no hope, we have no salvation. So praise God for his son, Jesus Christ, and praise God for this new year, and let's just follow Jesus and serve him and make 2024 the best year ever. Before we continue in this series, let's open up, as we always do, in prayer to our Heavenly Father. Father God, oh, how we praise you and we love you. Thank you for seeing us into another year. Father, some of us have seen a number of new years, and some listening, they're young. And they'll realize that these new years come and they go. But God, you're always here. You never change. And help us to all remember that. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we praise you for that, Jesus. 
Oh, Father, I just want to lift up everyone who's listening today. Father, you know each and every need. You know each and every circumstance, each and every struggle, each and every joy. And we just want to lift everyone up to you and pray, God, that you will lead, guide, and direct each one of us throughout this year. And God, I pray that as believers, we will follow you, we'll be obedient and serve you and tell others about you and make disciples as you tell us to, Lord. And I pray for those who are not born again that they will be this year. I pray they will call on the name of Jesus even today because we don't know who will all make it through this entire year. I may not be here this time next year. I don't know. But I know that when I do leave this earth, I'm going home to heaven to be with you. And, Lord, each and every person can have that same confidence. That confidence is all in you. It's all in your word. It's all in the Messiah, Jesus Christ, for what you've done for us, Jesus, dying on that cross for our sins, paying the price for our sins, for our penalty. You paid it all. You were the perfect sacrifice. And we know there has to be blood sacrificed for the forgiveness of sins. And Jesus, you did that. You did it once and for all. And you were buried. And on the third day, praise be to you, God, you raised Jesus back to life, defeating death, sin, and Satan. And Jesus, you ascended to heaven. And you're at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, praying for us. And I thank you, Jesus, that you offer forgiveness, salvation to all who believe. If we'll just believe, Lord, and trust in you, you'll forgive us, you'll save us, you'll give us that eternal life that you came to provide for us. And we know you're coming back. Jesus, you fulfilled over 300 messianic prophecies from the Old Testament. So I know you're going to fulfill the prophecy of coming back. And I pray come quickly, Lord Jesus, and until that time, or until the time that you take me home to be with you, I pray that you'll always work through me to plant and water seeds of your gospel in the hearts of people and to make disciples who make disciples. Father, just lead us now through your Holy Spirit. Thank you again for your word. And we want to give you all praise, all honor, and all glory. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. Just as another quick review about the theme of the Messiah throughout the entire Bible, just remember the word Messiah isn't always used, but the concept of the Messiah lies within the scope of the Bible's storyline, the overarching storyline. And by reading forward from the Old Testament and reading back from the New Testament, we see the theme of the Messiah is just jumping off the pages at us. And this theme, it's crucial because, again, without the Messiah, we have no hope of escaping God's wrath, and we have no hope of reconciling with our Creator. We have no hope of living in paradise with him and his eternal kingdom. So the Messiah, the theme of the Messiah is so, so crucial. As I mentioned, that it's the apex of the Bible is Jesus Christ. And as we worked our way into the New Testament two weeks ago, looking at the theme of the Messiah through the Bible, we know that the New Testament, and it's all about Jesus, the Gospels are all about his life and the writings that come after the Gospels, all about how to live this life for Jesus. But as we entered into the New Testament, we talked about how Jesus is the new and better Moses, who was offered a new and better sacrifice because he is the new and better priest, mediating a new and better covenant as we progress toward the new and better land. And Jesus is also a new and better David, and he is leading us into a new and better kingdom one that will never be shaken. So we see everything is new and better through Jesus Christ. And as we 
looked at the Gospels two weeks ago. We talked about how Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John they were all about the Messiah, and they talked about the Messiah who they proclaimed and proved through their writings is Jesus. The Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, detailed the life of Jesus, showing his teachings and his miracles, uh, with most of their writings focusing on his last week in Jerusalem and his death, burial, and resurrection. And we uh, talked about John and how John is, is a gospel that really looks at the lordship of Jesus. It's a different gospel than Matthew, Mark, and Luke, though it's all about Jesus just like the others are. I'd used a quote from the New Dictionary of Biblical Theology that I really liked that said, John's gospel is different as he focuses on the lordship of Jesus. The first three gospels provide something like a photograph, while John provides the artist's portrait in which Jesus is seen more explicitly in the light of who Christians knew him to be after the resurrection. And so we went through the gospels and we talked about uh, Luke's writings in Acts and how Luke continued in his writings in the book of Acts, gave us a clear picture of the early church and how Messiah Jesus was the center of everything, and that Luke writes that Jesus tells his disciples that the Holy Spirit will come upon them and they will receive power to be his witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And we talked about how that echoes how God made covenant with his people in the Old Testament because we see blessings for obedience in, in all of God's covenants. We see blessings for obedience, curses for disobedience, and we see the apostles, the early church, being obedient to Jesus, and therefore we see this new covenant that Jesus made with his own blood. We saw that in Luke chapter 22, verse 20, where Jesus, he institutes the Lord's Supper, and he says, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. And so we see the new covenant coming in in Jesus, and he shed his blood for the new covenant. And that leads us up to the writings, and that's Paul and James, Peter, John, Jude, the writer of Hebrews. And we see the Messiah in all of their writings and how early Christians understood Jesus. That's what those writings show us is that they know Jesus. They know who Jesus is, and they're teaching others how to live for Jesus. And once again, Jesus, he is the center of everything in the early church. And through these writings, we see how they, they understood Jesus. And they wrote on how believers should live instead of focusing on who Jesus is like the Gospels did. They're focusing on how believers should live. And it seems their audience, the writer's audience, had an understanding that Jesus was the Messiah. So they didn't have to constantly write that theme about Jesus being the Messiah. So as we read these letters from Paul and James, Peter, John, Jude, Hebrews, we need to read it from the standpoint of we're believers in Jesus Christ. We're followers of Jesus. And these instructions are for us as well on how we should live this life for Jesus. And I like what Martin Kaler, uh, who wrote the Christian Theology Reader, wrote about the writings here and, and the Messiah throughout the writings in the New Testament. Kaler wrote, Christians became certain that Jesus was the Messiah, the Christ, in total opposition to public opinion, not just in relation to the idea of the Messiah, that is, the way the Messiah was understood and what one expected of him, 
but also with regard to the person of this Jesus of Nazareth. This was as true then as it is today. When Christians tried to make the Messiahship of Jesus credible in their sermons and then in the letters and gospel, they also made us of two kinds of evidence. Personal testimony to his resurrection, based on experience and the witness of the scriptures. As the living Lord, he was for them the Messiah of the Old Covenant. They knew the Old Covenant, the, the Old Testament, and the covenants that were in, that, in, in the Old Testament that we have today. They knew that all of those covenants, all of the prophecies were about the Messiah, and they knew that the Messiah was Jesus. And so they listened to his teaching. They followed him. We have eyewitness accounts in the New Testament of the life of Jesus Christ. We have eyewitness accounts in the New Testament of the way Jesus died, which fulfilled prophecy. When we see in the New Testament, it talks about Scripture. They're talking about the Old Testament because that's the Scripture that they had. That was the Old Testament. So they, there were eyewitnesses of how Jesus died. There was eyewitness accounts of Jesus being buried, put into that tomb, the tomb being sealed. And then there's eyewitness accounts of Jesus not being that tomb, rising from the dead, appearing to others and teaching others after his resurrection. And then we have eyewitness accounts of his ascension, when he ascended back to heaven. So we have all this eyewitness account. We have the teachings that the apostles give us. And so we have all this information, and we need to consume it. We need to read it. We need to live it. And that's what the early church did. They lived the way that the apostles taught them to live because they were teaching Jesus, the, the word of Jesus. I'm currently reading a, a book called the, the Didache, and it, it's not a canonized book. It's not part, part of the Bible. But it's a great look at how the early church lived. And just what jumps off the pages is all the teaching, it comes from the Messiah. <laughs> they take the teachings of Jesus, and they say, this is how you should live. This is how we should live. And they teach from that. So it's just a fascinating look at the early church and how they lived and how they obeyed Jesus, how they obeyed his commands and how his word was taught. And so we see Jesus, the Messiah, the theme of the Messiah, throughout the writings, throughout the Gospels, throughout the, the letters that Paul, again, Paul, James, Peter, John, Jude wrote, and the author of Hebrews did as well. And then we get to the final book, the final book of all 66 books of the Bible, and that, of course, being Revelation. And what an amazing book that is. I remember there was a time in my life where I was a little afraid to read Revelation because it was just it was hard to understand. But don't let that scare you. That's hard to understand, and there's a lot of prophecy going on there. It is an awesome book. It is a fascinating book to read. And so I just encourage you to read that. And you may not understand much of it at first, but study it. And get into a, a study group that can study the, the book of Revelation. And it's just it's a fascinating book, and it tells us how it all ends. Well, how this earth ends, but how our life is just beginning when we go to be with Jesus, and then we get to see the new heaven and the new earth. And, wow, we, we just can't comprehend or imagine what that's going to be like. But the revelation of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, shows the conquering Messiah winning the ultimate victory over Satan and setting up his eternal kingdom. 
And let's go to Revelation. Let's read some scripture from there, starting with Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. And here we read in verse 15, Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. You see the victorious Messiah, Jesus Christ, reigning forever and ever. And in Revelation chapters 19 through 22, we see Messiah Jesus is king of kings. We see that he defeats Satan. And let's go and look at that. Let's go to Revelation chapter 19 and read verse 16. Revelation 19 verse 16. On his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's talking about the Messiah there, who is Jesus. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And then let's go to Revelation chapter 20 and read verses 7 through 10. And here we see the Messiah has defeated Satan, starting in verse 7. And when the thousand years are ended, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. Their number is like the sand of the sea. And they marched up over the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. But fire came down from heaven and consumed them. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Hallelujah. Praise God. You see, we have the ultimate victory in Jesus. Jesus defeats Satan eternally. And, you know, we see that Satan brings this huge army for battle, but it's over very quickly as God sends down fire from heaven that consumes them. And then Satan is tossed into the lake of fire Hell gets tossed into the lake of fire in the final judgment. And that's where Satan, the Antichrist, those who didn't follow Jesus, those who denied Jesus, that's eternity for them. And that's why I say each and every week, it's so, so crucial. Give your life to Jesus. He loves you. He wants you to be in eternity with him forever. He's not going to force you to worship him, but he died to save you. That's how much he loves you. So, I, oh, I can't encourage you enough to give your life to Jesus and be saved today because eternity depends on it. Jesus wants you with him. Oh, how I pray that today is the day you call on the name of the Lord Jesus and be saved. But we see there in Revelation chapter 20 that Satan and his demons and all who reject the Messiah are thrown into the lake of fire. And we see the new heaven and the new earth in Revelation chapter 21. Verse 1, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy 
and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have his will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Jesus died for you, died for me, and he came to pay the price for our sins, for our penalty to take the wrath of God for us because he didn't want us in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur forever. He wants us to be with him in heaven and experience that new heaven, that new earth with him forever and ever and ever. But the choice is ours. We can say yes to Jesus or we can say no. If we say no, there's the, the judgment right there. If we say yes, we have forgiveness of sin. We have eternal life with Jesus. And I always say, why wouldn't you want that? Jesus loves you so much. We see in Revelation 21 again, the new heaven and earth and the new Jerusalem. And we see that God and Jesus is the temple. There's not like an actual temple. There's God and Jesus, Father, Son, is the temple. And that's so important because the temple of the Old Testament was where God met with man. Then in the Gospels, Jesus said he was the temple. Then in Acts, after the Holy Spirit was poured out, Jesus lived in man, lived in us. He lives in us now. If you're a believer in Jesus, he lives in you now through his Holy Spirit. The temple, it's all about the presence of God. It was in the Old Testament days, and it is today. In the New Jerusalem, we see the eternal presence of God and all whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life will experience the eternal presence of God forever and ever and ever. Let's go to Revelation chapter 21, verses 22 through 27. And I saw no temple in the city. For its temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb, and the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it glory and the honor of the nations, But nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Praise God. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Have you trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If you have, your name is in the Lamb's book of life. If you haven't, you can have your name written in the Lamb's book of life by giving your life to Jesus today. Oh, I encourage you to do so today. Then we are left with the promise that Jesus will return to fulfill all the prophecy and revelation. And as I've said before, if he fulfilled 300-plus Old Testament prophecies, and he did, and he did fulfill each and every one of them, then we can rest assured Messiah Jesus will fulfill the remaining prophecies. And I pray, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I took a class at Wesley Biblical Seminary, and it was biblical theology, and the textbook we use to find biblical theology as the study of the Bible on its own terms, meaning the Bible's going to define 
what biblical theology is. And the theme of the Messiah is extremely obvious, as the Bible itself defines throughout the entire scope of the canon. Throughout the Bible, we clearly see that God has a unified plan for all of history. And his plan is stated in Ephesians 1, verse 10, where Paul writes, As a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Jesus explains to two of his disciples after his resurrection about how the Messiah had to suffer and all that the Old Testament prophets wrote about him. We read that in Luke chapter 24, verses 25 through 28, where Jesus said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ would suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning him. So you see, Jesus was telling his disciples there, look at everything Moses said, look at everything all the prophets said, and see how I fulfilled them all. And they saw. And that's why in the New Testament we have all these eyewitness accounts. It's just phenomenal, phenomenal to read, just like the whole Bible is. And Jesus is seen in the law and the prophets, and he fulfilled the law and prophets. And he is seen throughout the Old Testament covenants, and he makes the new covenant in his blood in the New Testament. The four Gospels are all about the Messiah, with the authors providing proof throughout eyewitness accounts and using Old Testament scripture that the Messiah is Jesus. The Messiah is seen in the teachings of the apostles throughout the New Testament. In Revelation, we see Jesus is the conquering king, and setting up his eternal kingdom, which he hands over to the Father. God created the heavens and the earth in Genesis. In Revelation, we see God creating a new heaven and a new earth. In Genesis, we see Adam disobeying God and bringing the curse of sin upon mankind. In the Gospels, we see Messiah Jesus obeying God and bringing salvation to mankind and restoring man's relationship with the Father. From beginning to end... The Messiah is the main character and the main focus of the Bible. God reveals himself to us through the Bible. He reveals he loves us and has a plan for our redemption. As we believe and follow the Messiah of the Bible, Jesus Christ, we experience his redemption. Jesus is the Messiah, and he is in Scripture throughout the entire canon. We see him throughout the Bible, Jesus the Messiah. He has come, and he is coming again. Are you ready for his second coming? Are you ready if you breathe your last today? I, I want to say it again, as I've said throughout this morning. Give your life to Jesus today. Just pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I need you. I know you're the Messiah. I believe. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose from the grave on the third day and that you're alive, and that you ascended to heaven, and that you're coming back. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. I repent of my sins. I turn from my ways, and I turn to you, Jesus. Save me, Lord. Write my name in your book of life. I give my life to you. I love you, Jesus. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live for you each and every day. Just pray to him, something like that. He he understands. He understands you. He meets you right where you're at. He'll save you. He'll forgive you. And then I encourage you to get involved with a life-giving church that's making disciples. If you don't have a Bible, 
There's plenty of free apps out there for a smartphone. We have Bibles here at Love and Action. I'd love to give you one. We have discipleship classes at Love and Action. We'd love to have you. If your church doesn't have discipleship classes, or if you just want extra discipling, you're welcome. Visit our website, loveinactionministries.com, and check out the Love and Action School of Discipleship. Give your life to Jesus today, I pray. Can't encourage you to do that enough. And those who are believers, tell others about them. Oh, we got to tell people the good news of Jesus. It's the best news ever. Let's share it, and let's make disciples. Well, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for joining me throughout the five-part series of Messiah throughout the scriptures. And again, if you missed any or would like to hear them again, just check out our podcast, the Love and Action Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. It, it should be there. Well, thank you again for joining me today. I pray y'all have a wonderful rest of this day, a wonderful day coming, a wonderful week coming up. And I pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.